0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the program. Great to have all of you along. Whether you're watching on our, titch, t- our Twitch stream or our YouTube channel, or you're listening as a downloadable podcast after the live show airs, or you're listening on uh, on a radio broadcast, regardless of how you're joining us, thank you for being part of the program we had a lot of great response to our interview last night um of course we were talking with mark leslie about haunted hospitals i'm going to bring him back again very very soon because i had a bunch of emails and um people asking questions about these haunted hospitals but also talking about things like uh what's the difference between a a haunted hospital and maybe a haunted former insane asylum or a sanitarium or sanatorium and uh, we didn't get to chat about any of that with, um, with our, our good friend, Mark Leslie. So I'm hoping we'll get him back on very, very soon and continue that discussion because we left a lot on the table that needs to be addressed. I did mention YouTube and I mentioned Twitch. Please subscribe to both of our channels. Um, they're both easily found by searching for my name, JV Johnson. Very simple. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. At least follow on the Twitch channel. You can also subscribe there. There is a subscription fee because you get some um, added benefits by being a subscriber on the Twitch channel. However, if you have Amazon Prime, you can do you can make that subscription uh, part of your Amazon Prime account, and then there's no fee, no additional charge, but you have to renew that every month. It only lasts for a month, and then you have to do it again. But either way, just thank you for joining us, and thanks for being part of the chat room. We've got a lot of people in our chat, uh, which is great to see. A lot of new faces and names in our YouTube chat. Welcome, everybody. Great to see all of you. Thanks for joining us. Please feel free to subscribe to the channel. Uh, Tonight we've got a great discussion ahead for us. We'll be talking with Keith Blanchard. He's a spiritual teacher, a best-selling author. He's also a radio host. And uh, we're going to talk about his time the time that he spent with extraterrestrials and celestials, also known as Godmen. This is going to be a really fascinating discussion. Looking forward to this. So a lot of great stuff happening. Thank you for being here with us tonight. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with our guest. It's Beyond Reality. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Anyway, welcome back to the program. Again, I'm your host, JV Johnson. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're excited to have this conversation tonight. We've been working on it for a long time. I congratulate Slick Eddie for setting it up. Um, Keith Blanchard is a spiritual teacher, a best-selling author, and a radio show host. We're going to be talking about time he spent with extraterrestrials and celestials. We're also going to talk about some of his uh, his works, his books, and his messages. Keith, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's really uh, an honor to have you with us tonight.
1: Thank you, my friend, for having me on your powerful platform. Good to be here. <laughs> well, it's really great. It
0: it's great to have you. And since it's the first time you've been on the show with us, it's always a great opportunity to get to know each other a little bit more. So give me an idea how this all started for you. How did you set out on this road?
1: Pain is an amazing catalyst. I dated a girl for 10 years uh, before I met this girl, 14, 15 years old. I wanted to be a Catholic priest met the girl. I'm a full-time musician by trade. She was my sex. She was my shelter. She was my food, my transportation. When she decided to say, I'm done with you, (laughs) I had nothing. And I went through a dark night of the soul for about two years. And I found myself on my knees, also my metaphorical knees, to supplement, uh, supplicate to the universe. I'm lost. Help me. But I had so much passion Sincerity and humility and vulnerability, and my way of asking. Though it took three weeks for this to manifest, it only took a matter of moments. One night I went to the casino, play music as I do. And when I came home, uh, I was just dog tired. And about 6 30 in the morning, I was awakened out of my sleep by a voice that said, Good morning, Keith. It's time for you to wake up. And I thought my wife at the time, or a friend of mine, that let himself in because I didn't hear him knock, and there was nobody there. And so I laid down on the bed, dismissing such as a dream voice, and I was thrown into the light, and it said, good morning, Keith, <laughs> I asked you to wake up, and it didn't mean out of my night's sleep, but my, out of my human slumber. And so this began an ongoing spiritual romance between myself and the divine.
0: I have a lot of questions about that particular incident, but before we talk about that in more detail, I want to go back as a child. You said at 13, 14 years old, you had aspired at that point in your life to become a clergyman.
1: Is that what you said? That would be absolutely correct. And when I wanted that, I went to seminary school. I want to become a Catholic priest, in fact. And if you knew me, whoever you are, you would find that somewhat hilarious. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but I met the girl. Uh, I lived the rock star life. So God went in the closet and I had an electric guitar and I had the girl and I did all the, the bang, the bells and the whistles. And when that all went away, I went back to the closet to pull back out my power. And so, yeah, that would be definitely a true statement. So, do
0: you, when you look back on that time, and if it gets too, if these questions get too personal, feel free to just tell me that. But if when you look back at you that time, you
1: can never be too personal. You can never be too personal.
0: When, when you're looking, when you look back at that, can you put yourself in that mind frame? What was happening in your life? Were you, did you feel like you had a divine presence approaching you at that point? Maybe not as obviously as it did later on.
1: When you say that time in my life, do you mean in my earlier years? Yeah, when you were
0: Ath- when you were on a path to be a, a Catholic priest. A priest,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, it all started when I was, it all, it, quote, it all started when I was about eight, nine years old, at most ten years old. I would find myself in the backyard, 250, nah, however large the backyard was. I was raised Catholic. So I was believing in whatever boogeyman and or dogs <laughs> that an eight-year-old child has wants no part of being in the backyard for. But I would come to a state of consciousness. The very first night I came, the very first night, uh, I'm thinking it's more like eight, eight, nine years old. First night, I'm out in the backyard, but I had no worry about boogeyman and or the dogs kind of thing. And but I found myself coming to a state of full blown awareness, to where I'm just look gazing at the sky. What am I doing gazing at the sky in in the backyard? So the very first night I've looked around my my uh, backyard and found, thank God, it was a starry night or a moonlit night. I'm hoping, thinking it was, as to why I could look around the house and find a cinder block to be tall enough to stand upon because I'm five foot four now and I'm 50 something years old (laughs) to be tall enough to stand upon, to push myself through the bedroom window, to go back to bed, to go, what the frick was that? But I never was violated. I never felt uncomfortable. It was just actually, it felt so normal to me. And long story short, that was when the others is what I call them others. They would come to me and manipulate my system by impregnating me with um, seed thoughts, light packets, packets of light, if you will, but only to continue visitations to my age of thirty-three when I became cognizant of everything that happened—the whys, the whens, the whos, and the wheres. I was watching a discovery program, uh, a channel, uh, a program on the Discovery Channel about aliens, and it all came flooding back. And so my whole life has been filled with these things we call phenomenal. But to me, they were phenomenal things that just I've been blessed to be a part of.
0: Yeah, this is a fascinating story. Um, and as we start to peel away the the layers of the onion here, it's going to get more and more interesting. But again, and trying to learn about you a little bit, because it's important to know who and why you are experience these things because not everybody does experience these things. When you um decided to become a musician and you, as you said, you were living the rock and roll lifestyle and you had a, a, a girlfriend, I assume she was a girlfriend. Um, and then she left you or, or broke up with you, whatever it was. You said that pain was a pivotal, um, maybe a difficult, but a very pivotal part of this transformation for you. Um, do you think pain itself in some cases, in particularly your case, is part, is one of God's tools to wake people up?
1: Absolutely. If we don't get it on an intuitive level, it shows up in the feeling base. And when it does not get recognized and or acknowledged in the feeling base, it will show up in the physical way to where it can no longer be ignored and or denied. So when people—I did a presentation before this interview with you, and thank you, uh, my dear friend, for having me. Um, tonight, for my listeners, it was called Good versus Evil. <laughs> what a big, powerful, juicy, simple question. Right. What is truly good and what is truly evil? Well, that depends if you're— um, on the on the good green grass side of the fence of good as opposed to what you call evil, but is it tr- to answer you and support your question? What is truly evil? Is that truly is it truly a tool or a gift from God to say, "I'm bringing this to a level of your cognizance to where you actually understand and get it now"? I had a friend of mine many many years ago, amazing of. Oh, <sighs> amazing psychic individual we were in a house trying to clear it as they call it and this demonic presence was in the house and i was an aspirant of his and he says keith come sit on the sofa with me and so i did (laughs) and he taps on the sofa hello mr mrs demon come sit with us and he began to have a dialogue in front of me with this demonic force and he says most people don't understand who we are and or what we do. And he already knew, but he was saying it out loud for me. Um, so no, Keith, no, hold on. Uh, sorry. I just want to make sure I understand. Was he? Were those the words of the demonic force? No, this was the words of my friend. Okay. He said, Keith, come sit on the couch with the demon and I. And we're going to explain to you, <laughs> remember, I was raised Catholic. Sure. Not that that's bad. It's beautiful. It was I, was, I was too. Yeah. I was raised Catholic with the theology and the dogmatic stuff. But as I sat on the couch with my friend, who I believed in, as to why I followed him everywhere he went, like a little puppy dog getting bought in a window, <laughs> wagging its tail, he began to converse with this demon. And the demon says, whether you know it or not, we are agents of the light. And he says, Keith, the demon just said to me, you're probably thinking, how so? I said, that's exactly what I'm thinking. He said, because if you don't motivate towards the light on your own accord, we are here to budge you into it. So that supports your question to me. That is, you know, what we look out and about and see as good and or evil, you know, it just becomes this simple play of, divine consciousness, because if God is on the present, then there's no place it is not, except fear itself. And so when we take a perception pullback, in that pulling back of things, who is this being that is pulling back, that's seeing not only the evil, but yet the good? So what is truly right? What is truly wrong? What is truly left? What is truly uh, love or this or that? Who or what—
0: is yanava
1: yanava is a name that i choose as my Sri name or surname okay as a spiritual teacher Ya is the heart it's god it's the will it's the power it's the fire it's the passion so if everyone would ascribe to the idea that God lives within all of us as the Christ said, I am in my Father, my Father is in me, and I am in you. Seek ye the kingdom of God within. Then there's 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 nothing else. There's truly nothing else. All there is is the presence of the presence. But Yah would be God, the fire, the creator, because within of us all is that which creates worlds and universes. Ya would be the heart. So na would be the mind, hopefully a clear one, one of clarity, right discernment, right choice, right meaning not what is right or wrong, but right meaning that is that which is one of balance. Va would be the backbone, that which has the will to carry out the ya and the na. Everyone is ya, na, va. When we begin to, quote, separate from the source of all creation, the ya, then the na and the va is born. Most people think that the beginning is a beautiful thing. The beginning is the beginning of ignorance, because beyond the beginning is the all, which is never ignorant. So ya na va is the sacred seed of, primordial self of all sentient beings.
0: And that's a name that you choose to use for yourself?
1: That's the name I choose because it vibrates with my soul. In fact, Jay, many years ago, when when I started my, fir- my walk, firstly, mm-hmm. um, I went into meditation for Quite a while, and I asked, if I have a soul, not if I have a soul, what is my soul's name at its mm-hmm. origin? And what came through is Yanava. And if you if anyone chooses to say this, it Yanava, Yanava, Yanava. It just simply flows off of the tongue. Yeah. But when we look at the the, the sound, the syllable of ah, ya, Yahweh, na va. Paramahansa Yogananda, Jesus Sananda, Krishna, Buddha. It's all ah. So God is the essence of ah. In fact, if someone was to tell you a joke, and they have to tell you a few times, when you finally get it, you say
0: (laughs) ah. ah.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So ah is always about enlightenment. Ah. So really in that joke, the joke is on me, or the joke is on us. <laughs> I love that you get that, and thank you for, you owe me a Coke, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, I also note that, and, and again, uh, for for those of you tuning in to, to um, hear more about the extraterrestrial and celestial discussions, we're going to get there. Um But Keith, I also note that you help people. You do a lot of things for people. One of the services that you offer people is help with clearing uh, negative entities, negative energies. When did that start for you?
1: When I became a recovering Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll point all that aside. When I realized that if God is omnipresent, everyone here who has a theology, background no matter whether you christian be you buddhist be you this or that whether you believe whether you're atheist and you believe that there's an intelligence when i realized that this intelligence has to be so intelligent that it engulfs everything so if it engulfs everything how can something be anything other when i realized that I became, am, a vessel, as we all are, but I just chose that. So who are the chosen? The chosen are those who choose to listen. The the chosen are those who choose to choose. And I realized that helping, not that people are broken, helping people gets me truly so fired up and gets me off. I had a sister who's passed away who was um, afflicted with this syndrome called uh, Frederick's ataxia. She was my greatest teacher beyond any extraterrestrial of the light, any God-illumined being of the light. She was the light that taught me compassion in such a way that I fashioned my life to be a way— for other people who want to aspire to something that is beyond anything they've ever known.
0: I want to go back to the point where you, um, were visited, whether it was just a voice or some other presence, but you heard a voice and it basically told you to wake up again, not from a, uh, from a night's sleep, but from sleepwalking through part of your life. Um, uh, When you heard this voice for the first time, you said you may have thought, man, somebody has just come in the room or the house or and speaking to you. But when you realized it wasn't somebody in a physical form there speaking to you, someone that you knew, did you recognize it as a voice, uh, either God himself or from uh, a messenger of God, some kind of divine voice? Did you recognize that right
1: away? What a beautiful question. And the answer to that is Yes. And it sounds like Keith had a talk with God. That is not at all. But Keith had a talk with the absolute, that which is most beautiful, that which is most powerful. There was no fear present. When this voice began to speak, when I was thrown back on the bed after a night of playing music at the casino, when this voice began to speak, the word speak automatically implies being talked to. Moses, remove your sandals from thy feet. That That's not what it was. It did have some of that power, that bang, those bells and whistles, but that's not what it was. I could smell the voice. I could taste the voice. I could see the voice. I could feel the voice. I knew the molecules in the wall, where they came from, where they were going, <laughs> why they were here. And the voice did not speak to me linearly. Fragmented thought. It was whole thought. It 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 impregnated impregnated me with a packet of light, wholeness. But it took my linear mind to process this in a human way. And the voice, the only thing it wanted was Keith. Just go sit on your sofa. Press record and you tape play and let your mouth move. And I said, what will I talk about? <laughs> it said, trust me, the thoughts will be there. And when I did exactly what it said, out, became, out came volumes of the most far, not out, but far in information I've ever known to that point. So after about the first year of transcribing everything that was coming to me, the voice finally said, Keith, stop it go out and live these principles so you're not just a parrot reciting these words so that you become an anchor of this very truth as to my new book release coming out uh, July 31st, 2020, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. This was 1996. So many years have gone by. So this is what my work is about.
0: So after... Starting this process, as you said, you pushed record on the tape player and just the messages started to come out. Did you recognize your whole life had taken in a complete uh, new direction that day, that time?
1: I freaking had no choice whatsoever. In fact, I wouldn't use the word scared. And so most people say, well, then why did you use the word scared? Because I'm using that as a bait to launch you into the word scared. It wasn't scared at all. And for in the form of being afraid of the voice and or nor the presence, what I was afraid of was what I know is Keith Anthony Blanchard, Mr. <coughs> Center of Light <laughs> is going to die. <laughs> I didn't want no part of that. And so it took me a while, a process. I never, I, JV, I never really cared about what people thought of me. I've always cared about what people felt of me. It took me a while to understand what this all is, was, is, and will be. And I'm still growing into that because of my passion, my sincerity, my humility and vulnerability to see people through tough times, which are coming. They are coming. In fact, they are here. It's mostly horseshit. But they are here. And it's going to enfold itself to in a space of self-induced self-destruction implosion. So what we can do is to see ourselves as the observer that only just watches this movie. And in so doing, your life gets really groovy. So no matter how much any of us thinks that we are right, arrogant, We know the truth. When we fall into that sort of space, the power that's going to happen will be so powerful, you will find yourself full of a power that may be one of nonsense. Because there is no more time. The time is that there is no more time. And what you believe and hold steadfastly as the truth will either make you right, if you're lucky, or aloof if you're not. So, the precaution, the heed, the need, the seed, or the deed is don't ascribe to anything. Just be diligent in being a ghost in the world. You can't interact. All you can do is observe. If you don't follow this model, no matter what model you follow, there's only one path. There are many paths to the path. But the path requires everyone to get out of the wrath, not only the wrath of God and the wrath of the demons, but the wrath of the world. There is no other way.
0: We're talking with Keith Blanchard. His website is his name with his middle name in there as well, KeithAnthonyBlanchard.com. He's authored several books. I mentioned them before, The Divine Principle, Anchoring Heaven on Earth, and For the Love of God, A Spiritual Journey. And he's got some new ones coming out as well. Um, Before I ask you about the extraterrestrial contact, Keith, tell me about being a musician. I'm a musician as well, so I just have a personal curiosity. I I heard you say something about a guitar, so I assume you're a guitar player.
1: Why don't you turn me loose? (laughs) And a singer. Turn me loose. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Fly my way. I've been doing it many years. My father... Uh, bless me with the gift of music. And um, like I said earlier, I, it went to the closet and I pulled it out. And I, I've been living music so long. I swear to you, JV, I swear to you, I never thought the day would come that I would actually say to myself, <laughs> I'm watching the late response of your face to my knuckleheaded nonsense. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> but I never thought the day would come. Because, like I told you earlier, uh, in my relationship breakup, I want to be an aspiring musician. I did it. I, I played with record-producing bands from Epic and all this. I played with members of Starship and Savoy Brown and Survivor. And I'm dropping names because Keith Blanchard is cool. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd done all that. And I never thought the day would come since the lock, not lockdown, but lock-in, lock-in. That I would actually affirm to myself, I don't want to do this more anymore. And I will do it because music is always a part of my life. In fact, I had someone contact me. In fact, the last gig I did before lockdown contacted me again and said, you want to play Friday Night? And I said, you know what? No, I don't. Mm. <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you for the beautiful opportunity, but I just... Don't I just don't want to do it anymore, and that validates to me that my life as a spiritual teacher, someone who loves seeing people blissful, egoistically, truly, by people who get off on what I have to offer, and I'm okay with that. I just love seeing people happy, so I will. I'm gonna, in fact, my son. Fifteen-year-old son and I now soon are going to start recording uh, an album, and he's become his his own guitar player. Oh, very nice! I'm really happy. All right. so I I'm, I am asking, if I may. Oh, do you play music? Do you play? Naturally? Yeah, I actually
0: do, and and my father also gave me the gift of love of music, but also some of the skills. I play bass primarily, but I'm also a guitar player. I also do a little bit of singing, and I've also taught my son uh, to play. And and he and I have done a bunch of playing together. Wow, what so
1: a parallel, what a beautiful parallel between you
0: and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm the same way though. I go, I go in in bits of stages where I can't get enough playing, and then. At a time, I just need to break. I just need a break. And I don't mind sitting at home with my acoustic guitar and just doing my own little thing. Um, But then after I don't do it for a while, I miss being up on a stage. So (laughs) it's just a cycle, I guess. Let's talk talk about uh, your first memory and your first experience with extraterrestrials. Tell us how it happened.
1: All right. So I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to be robust. You don't have to like it. It's okay. You can love it, and that's okay. But what I want to share with everyone is the UFO extraterrestrial phenomena is not this far-fetched thing that it happens in the sky. Most people who are interested in the UFO phenomena, they're interested in the hardware, but they are never almost not interested in the pilots. So for me, it happened in early in my life when I find myself in that backyard. Many years hence, I'm 33 and get a full conscious recall. Come 1997 and a half, 1998, I was introduced. I hope your audience is ready for this. It's not as far-fetched as you can imagine. I was introduced an alien-human hybrid who happens to be at that time 4,720 years old by the name of Nucleus 8 which happens to be uh, the divine lord of security for this quadrant of the Milky Way galaxy. His name is Nucleus 8. Why Nucleus 8? His name is Nucleus because he was grown for the purpose of security. Eight represents his board, his his number on the board of a 12 council. I was fortunate enough to be in the proximity of this being for four and a half, possibly five years. To have him do through to with me the most phenomenal things that most people would actually say, this is absolute hogwash as I'm telling you that these things have happened. So, Nucleus 8 came into my experience, and I have dialogue with him possibly, probably once a year. And the stories that I can share are beyond measure. Most people would not even allow themselves to entertain the very fact that these things have actually happened.
0: I'm just trying to. So, did you say it's nucleus C or nucleus eight is the name?
1: Eight, as in the number. As eight. in the
0: number eight. Okay. So, number nucleus eight, yeah. eight came to you when you were still a, basically a, a child. When you were still young, you were in the backyard. But at the time that was happening, you you didn't you weren't necessarily aware that was happening. It all came back to you when you got older, right?
1: actually that is not true okay. but i'm actually gra- glad that you said that because that actually now comes to me in this moment that it is true when i was young i was never taken quote taken nor violated i had a contract i always felt uplifted but it's amazing you asked that question the way you did cuz because i never thought of it that way nucleus 8 has awareness on six dimensions. so He can monitor six dimensions simultaneously. But Nucleus 8 is this hybrid human alien that I met in 1997 and a half, 1998, that is head of security in this quadrant of our galaxy. And my time with this being, as I said before, worked through me, to me, with me, for me, he is an extraterrestrial, alien-human hybrid. His mother was an alien great, a bad bitch. You don't want to jack with this <laughs> being. You don't want to jack with this bitch. But he had, no joke, he had, because of his security level, the extraterrestrial-human hybrid groaned for the purpose of security, known as nucleus eight. He had to execute her, and he he and his team did. But the whole system is not what people think. It's not this bad good versus thing. It's not that at all. These beings on these higher level of extraterrestrial existence or cognizance is all about f- following divine law, not flouting it. These beings are so highly intelligent that they cannot skirt divine law. But we, as human, can embody divine law as to why all the bells and whistles, the rock As to why everybody wants to be a part of the human experience and that human experience graduates everyone that is watching closely upon to another level. So shortly said that everything in the universe can aspire to humanhood, but it is only through humanhood that the absolute of creation can be realized.
0: I'm just trying to think of how to ask this question so it makes sense. Um, but was Nucleus 8 the only extraterrestrial that you had direct contact with over the course of these many years, or was Absolute he just the leader?
1: No. Thank you. Beautiful question. Absolutely not. This started when I was 88 years old, propping that cinder block up on the, against the wall. And so, J.V., what I want to share with you, what happened to me What happens with me, what happens to everyone, depending on whether one can see or not, is yes, that these extra, quote, terrestrials, celestials may look like Jesus, may look like this or the that. Is that when you aboard, when you board these craft, is the first thing that happens is, oh, wow, you don't look like me, so you're an extraterrestrial. That makes sense, right? Sure. And then what else happens after that is, oh, my God, are all these children aboard all these craft or innocent children. Think about innocent children. Human children? Human, just children, be it human or human human hybrid or extraterrestrial children, just children. Okay. Because there is a common denominator woven through all that. We're just children. You can call me an extraterrestrial. You can call me a human. It doesn't matter. There's a common denominator that happens, which is innocence, quality, wonderment, curiosity. And when you get into these craft, of course, the first thing is, you don't look like me, so I'm aboard a craft. Then what happens after that, when we get done with the ridiculousness of it all, is... When we fall into the innocence of these children, somehow, J.V., these these children in their innocence is what sustains the entire craft, the entire mission, the entire purpose. And so in that way, the physical appearance begins to fade. So
0: uh, were they only children? Is it only children above the craft? In other words, is nucleus no, aid a
1: child? Well, no, it's not only ab- it's not only the children. Okay. There is enough, as we would call, adults or the wisdoms above aboard the craft that hold things down as the ancestry that says, this is the way we do things. But it's really all about the children. It's all about the freaking children because they have an an order, an innocence, a quality about them that makes anything that is everything worthwhile. (laughs) Keith, Keith,
0: why you? Uh, Not everybody gets uh, chosen, I suppose, uh, to go aboard an alien craft and have a relationship with an interdimensional uh, extraterrestrial. Why you, do you
1: think? I will tell you exactly why me. Because I'm special. <laughs> Why am I special? Because I make myself so special that I choose to listen. But that is not only pigeon to me. That depends on the person that has the, the, the desire, the passion, the, the, the sincerity, the humility, and the vulnerability to make themselves chosen as well. The chosen is only those who choose to be chosen. And in such a way, for whatever reasons, many upon many lifetimes ago, I decided to come to this place to hang out with these, quote, others, be it the extraterrestrials or the celestials, the God-realized men in my life. And now that I have, quote, both of those experiences, I understand the entire divine pie. It doesn't mean that I'm arrogant. It means I understand more of the divine pie than I've ever known. So in such a way, I become more noble. And in my nobility, in my gratitude, I want to share that with other people, that life is not what you think it is. Life is the very breath that you breathe. Has anyone ever stopped to think that every time I breathe in and out, that God and or extraterrestrials or celestials or life as in and of itself, the conscious moving river is moving through me. And when we actually begin to entertain that, oh, my God, the river of life becomes something that we never thought possible. It's just—it's really easy. It's more easy than it is hard. It really is.
0: Was any of this done or did it happen against your will Or did you ever feel like you were in any... Never, never,
1: never, 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 never. It was never never against your will. Never, 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 ever, ever, ever. I don't doubt that it happens to other people against their will. But trust me, anyone, when I tell you, it's never against anyone's will. Because someone who who has these things happen to them is because of their will or their lack of unconsciousness of their will to choose to be a said part of an experience. But as far as your question to me, I have never, I have never, ever been violated, ever.
0: Not even, um, I don't know, I guess emotionally or intellectually?
1: Never, Never, never. So that you being... You saying that question, I would say that would be a yes. But as far as the, quote, extraterrestrials and the celestials, never. But you asking that question honestly, I would say that would be true to a degree. True to a degree meaning being raised Catholic, not blaming it on Catholicism, but the fact that I have an idea in my mind of what is not good that can possibly show up for me. And what would that look like as an entity? These beings have showed up early in my Catholic life, and I could not get away from them fast enough. In fact, I would wake up out of my sleep in cold sweats. That being said, now when they show up to me, I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) Are you serious? Are you absolutely serious? Are you going to jack with me? I turn myself into this ball of light. I will kiss them on their beautiful unconscious mouth and say, you don't want to jack with me. And the last thing they want to do is jack with me. And they venture to somewhere else as fast as they possibly can. So, it's all true, but it's not true. So, what is the actual truth? And is the truth the truth or is the evil the truth? Well, the evil is the truth if it affects you because it becomes true for you. So, what I have learned, integrated, graduating into is this possibility that all that exists is beauty.
0: Nucleus 8. Is it an, an, an interdimensional extraterrestrial? But do these aliens that you've had, or I use these, these do these extraterrestrials that you have had a relationship with? Um, do they have a home planet? Do they have a home galaxy? Do we know anything about their uh, their race and their origin, or are they children of the universe and they don't necessarily have a quote-unquote home planet
1: oh my god what a delicious question and you deserve a delicious answer (laughs) (laughs) many years ago because of my participation as a child hanging out in the backyard not knowing why i found myself aboard a craft and aboard this craft in my peripheral vision was a guide spirit guide angelic being whatever whatever so, but I didn't look at him directly but it was there And out of the door on the right, my guide says Keith meet whoever the name was and I honestly don't remember and it was a seven foot a uh, five foot seven foot uh, excuse me five foot seven inch being and wearing these earth tones all about earth dreadlocks look like the predator from the movie without the crab mouth without the violets but just this way of and this gown and i felt the power and suddenly the guide says keith meet enoch Hmm. yes enoch Enoch the biblical. I was gonna say as in the taken,
0: yeah, as in the book of
1: yeah, as, as in the book of, and who is now the commander of that very craft. Oh wow. So Keith meet the being that comes out of the door and left, and they look exactly the same. it's ex- freaking exactly the same. But the by the level of power that was present. And it was Enoch. And the congratulatory congratulations. Award, reward was, you've been a good participant all of your life. You get to meet the person, the man in charge. And it was Enoch. But when it comes to Nucleus 8, Nucleus 8 began to show up in my life as of 1997. And after about six months, he came to me. He, he, in fact, he called me on my phone and said, Keith, everyone in our group has an implant but you. I make them myself. They're smaller than your eye can see. Do you, there's only one left. Do you want it? I said, convince me, dude, that I want it. He said, we can help you if you're in trouble. We can find you if you're lost. And we can administer medicine if you're sick. And I said, sure. And he named a couple of drawbacks and said, what's the drawback? He says, your life is no longer private. (laughs) And he says, but no worries, no one will ever go into your file except me, head of security, unless I knew that you wanted me to do so to help you. I said, great. He said, do you want? I said, sure. He said, the next time that you and I speak, be it over the phone or face to face, this will be implanted. That night, I go to the casino, play seven sets. I come home, not interested in dreaming, much less about aliens, only to find myself about whatever time in the late morning hours, coming to a state of full-blown consciousness. To find this old woman, when I told you earlier that Nucleus is 4,720 years old, she has to be at least 7,000, 8,000 years old, the equivalent of what we call an 85-year-old woman on Earth. And she's walking me towards him on what we would call a lawn chair. And because... As she's administering this implant, it's so painful. I look over my shoulder to find out where this pain is coming from. And she's going, silly boy, telepathically. You went into this expecting pain. And you're right. <laughs> and as she walks over to nucleus eight, the pain is so intense, JV. I begin to begin to vomit on his feet. Ooh. My phone in my actual, I swear to you, on my son, my phone in my actual bedroom rings. And I say, hello, as I'm groping myself and trying to wake up to the moment. Hello. Hey, Bob, what's happening? I go, Nucleus, what's up, bro? He goes, how was your night? I said, fantastic. I just had a dream about you. He goes, no, you didn't dream. I said, dude, I just had a dream about you. He goes, no, you didn't, Keith. I said, are you sure about that? He says, the vomit all over my feet. Tells me so. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so this is only one of many experiences of five years that I was able to hang out with head of security for this quadrant of our galaxy.
0: The overriding million dollar question here is why are they, are, are these extraterrestrials, particularly in nucleus eight, are they developing this relationship with you so that you can be a messenger for them? Or are they just, do they just find somebody they like and they like hanging out with you.
1: I think that's all true, but I think it's all true for everyone. Um, i and to answer your question in my earlier life I was truly I, and Not only did they impregnate me With seeds or packets of light For information for now But they did come to me To manipulate my energetic system So why me? Well because because In fact what makes me chosen Is the fact that I'm just simply open But that is true for everyone It's true for everyone So everyone has Actual contact to God, because it's God that moves within you, that allows the very breath that moves in and out your body. In fact, God is the breath of life. God breathes life into man. So if God is life and God is everything and everywhere and I'm the present, that does not exclude the solar system, nor the galactic, nor the stellar, nor the cosmic. So this is a living, breathing reality uh, that exists in everyone. So it's simply just a wanting A passion, a sincerity, a humility, and a vulnerability to say, make me a channel of your peace. And in so doing, one becomes impregnated with understandings and life ideas and models of that which is the truth throughout everything.
0: Are they here? First of all, how long have they been here? I'm assuming they were here before they contacted you for the first time.
1: They they have been here, in fact we are here because they have been here we have we are the off uh, let's change that word in we are the in spring to possibly let's say nine civilizations galactically be it the nordics being the Pleiadians, be it the this and the that. But if you follow the Zachariah Sitchin story, then it all started started with the Anunnaki, the two brothers. One was good, one was bad. Then again, what is really good, what is really bad? Because they were po- both part of creating the slave race called human. But that very story backfired on them because be, because be creating the slave race has brought us now to, let me look at my calendar, 11.06 Central Standard Time, June 24th, 2020, to become the freedom race, to be able to leave the slave planet and granted, It completely depends on the person who wants to exalt themselves to another possibility. That's it. It's been here forever. It's here now. We can look out and about and see all the <clears throat> bad people, the bad uh, Democrats, Republicans, whatever you want to call that. Because if they, they don't have, if they don't have humanity in their best interest, then that is an alien race. Because they're not human. Because they have some extraterrestrial agenda in their own way of doing things. So they are here. But that being said, in the negative polarity, in the positive polarity, there are children of light, children of God, those uh, indigos, those violets, whatever waves or realms of children that are coming onto the planet. So how do we discern between... Those in the quote humans, you don't unless you understand the language and the language is those who are willing to hear something beyond the normal. And so those children of light or those human hybrids may look like us. But if you learn the actual language, you will see a different modus operandi. The eye slant may be a little different that you didn't notice before. But now you notice because you understand what to look for. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everything is cosmic. Everything is divine. Everything is always on purpose.
0: So you answer the question about why you. But are these extraterrestrial beings, nucleus aid included, are they here to monitor our growth, monitor our civilization, help us with a spiritual awakening? Uh, are they a police force? What's their ultimate purpose here?
1: And that is a freaking I could have used another word, phenomenal question. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It is a police force, nucleus implying the center. He was grown, his mother was a bad bitch. She was a bad gray alien. His father was an Egyptian king, but he was Peter dish, if you will, grown, nucleus, the center of security. His name, 8, is implying that he's number 8 on a board of 12. He was grown, and he and his team literally drives around the universe as galactic police, Removing unwarranted fear, they literally cop this quadrant of our galaxy, literally. They also help stars being born, all these different beautiful possibilities. So yes, this is what these beings do. And you asked earlier and I didn't answer. But they do at least nucleus eight. He the he they live on another dimension twenty-seven thousand freaking light years away. And upon this planetary station is just about every sentient being we see on this planet, horses, cows, insects, this and that. They all live on this planetary starship. 27,000 light years away. And again, aboard this craft, this station, are children. But here's the magic. Here's the really cool thing. Here's the Nikola Tesla Einstein thing about free energy. On this planetary station, they have the equivalent of what we would call, let's call them Buddhist monks. But on this planetary station, these, quote, said monks meditate into a core. And this core from these monks' meditation is what supplies power to the entire station. So it's basically free energy, just energy that turns within itself. So everything has its purpose. and But throughout the galaxy, they look different. But in the local human life space, they look more like us, bipedal, grays, six digits kind of thing, five digits kind of thing. But the further we get into dimensional bandwidth, further than what we know as our local space interdimensionally, but as well as outer dimensionally, things can get pretty (laughs) uh, strange.
0: (laughs) Are these, are these uh, extraterrestrials immortal?
1: Well, Nucleus 8 is 4, back when I knew him, 4,007 to 20 years old. And this was 1997, do the math, 4,743, 44, 45 years old. And Here's the thing about their technology. Their technology is such that, provided you don't get your head cut off in an accident, that if you're sickly in such a way that you go to the doctor, Dr. Love, they call me Dr. <laughs> Love. <laughs> but you go to the doctor, and they can rejuvenate you half the time. Let's say you're 5,000 years old. Well, then you can they can rejuvenate you to be 2,500 more years without dying. And so you get sick, and they can rejuvenate you half that time. After that, your body is spent, and then you expire to another level of consciousness altogether. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to immortality, that which is truly immortal lives in all of us. And so, in fact, the extraterrestrials, as far as Nucleus and his civilization is concerned, they call God, how else can it be called? They call it breath. <laughs> they just call it breath. How can God not be breath? But also about the extraterrestrials on Nucleus' civilization. The, the feminine aspects of those extraterrestrials, I don't want to call them aliens, those extraterrestrials, they call them, depending on your their level of consciousness, they call them mothers. Why do they call them mothers? Because these quote extraterrestrial, highly evolved, intelligent beings called mothers, they have the capacity and the ability, the ability to grab you, literally grab you and pull you into their being and take you into another universe entirely. <laughs>
0: Um, We've been talking about the extraterrestrials Uh, In the beginning of the discussion uh, We had mentioned the word celestials as well Are they one and the same or are are they separate entities?
1: Now that is a very juicy, delicious question That would be true But they are very different, but they're very alike Extraterrestrials have bodies unless they don't Celestials don't have bodies unless they choose, (laughs) (laughs) right? right? And so there is a level where the extraterrestrial becomes the celestial. Every being in the universe can aspire to humanhood, but it is only through humanhood that the absolute of the extraterrestrials and the celestials or creation in and of itself can ever be realized. That is the importance of being human. Every sentient creature that has its own cognizant thought or will to choose something on levels that we don't even understand are looking to the earth, you, me, and the we, as the rock stars. We are the twisted sister and or brothers that is living the life That in only future future possibilities uh, that people can only hope to be, it's only through human. That is why we are so important to creation. And so when it comes to universal law, these extra ultra-terrestrials know that they cannot skirt or flout that law. Now you have these ill agenda, these evil beings, if you will, that don't give a squat about what you think. In fact, they will force, enforce their will upon us. But the extra and ultra-terrestrials, can't, not only will they not ever do that, they can't. And what makes them not ever able to do that is because they understand the law. And so all these beings are here to graduate as we graduate. Their civilization gleans from what we are able to exemplify. So they know not to stick their nose was it, where it doesn't belong, but you could sweat bet your sweet Biffy that if a nuclear warhead was ever fired off, they have full allegiance, and full compliance, and full support to shut it down.
0: They can it just. Never they it can just. Never they can just shut it down.
1: They've been doing that. The, Aaron, in time, you you go look on YouTube and find uh, UFO phenomena over. Um, nuclear science when right. right. a missile is launched yeah, they just <laughs> fly upon it and you shut it down just like that it's never going to happen so this is not a violation of free will because they cannot do that they have the power and the authority to buck the current of anything that would be the the, the the demise of the mother the Gaia, the earth now when it comes to human choice that is truly human choice
0: simply truly so uh, you kind of answered this uh, with with talking about the uh, the military bases having sightings of these of these craft but my question was going to be we have a lot of different reports of ufo sightings or alien craft sightings coming from all sorts of people all around the world are they seeing nucleus 8 crafts or people or uh, is it one and the same phenomena
1: that's a, that's a phenomenal question. I'm really enjoying my time with you, sir. Thank you. Because you're asking questions um, that are truly requiring response of deeper thinking. So thank you. Um, so if I would say that's a yes and a no. So if Nucleus 8 is head of security in this quadrant of our galaxy, he literally has a finger in every pie. So that being said, under the umbrella quote of Nucleus 8 being the lord of security in this quadrant of our galaxy, that would be true. But everyone has free will and expression. But these beings that are coming to Earth, Nucleus 8 told me in 1998, he goes, Keith, tomorrow, (laughs) uh, you're going to see on the media that there was a Star Wars program blast. Hello, Ronald Reagan. And he said, that was me coming into the atmosphere. Because of the gamma ray burst radiation that happens, the Star Wars program would literally target and lock on the gamma ray and fire off a laser blast. He was missed. It did happen. So it's always, it's always, JV, a paradox. It is true, but it's not true. So what happens beyond the true and the not true is the one that chooses to pull back and see something as all possibility. So Nucleus 8 is the head of security in this quadrant of our galaxy. But also that being said, JV, if you and I were standing next to each other and we saw something, you and I would, could possibly describe it completely different, simply completely different. So what makes it, tr- what makes it the truth? You make it true for you. Right. I make it true for me. So the truth becomes, what is that that is called the JV, Keith Anthony Blanchett sandwich? <laughs> so we see it <laughs> as this beautiful possibility of something beyond JV or Keith is actually experiencing at that time.
0: We've had a lot of questions scrolling through chat. Uh, I don't get to uh, catch them all, sadly. But um, some are asking about the appearance of the craft themselves what do they look like? And I know, even in the beginning of the discussion, you said sometimes we focus too much on the on the gadgets and not so much on the pilot. Um, but you know, we've had a lot of reports of cylindrical craft. We've had military videos that have uh, been released showing cylindrical type craft that are that we can't explain. Uh, do, can you describe the craft for us? And is that phenomena uh, what we're witnessing
1: here? Are we witnessing I, I would, I, fantastic. I would say that. Uh, Dude, I absolutely love your question. That is true. But how true, again, how true is it? Is it that we see such phenomena to look cylindrical or cigar-shaped like, which is noted towards the draconians or reptilians or the this or the that? I get it. So what is actually true? Well, maybe those who love you on levels you don't understand telepathically are truly appearing to you in a way that you understand it. That would be true. But if you look on YouTube and look up UFO phenomena, Temple of the Mount, and you will see this orb of light come down. You don't see a spaceship. You see this freaking glowing orb pulsing and vibrating above the Temple of the Mount. In fact, one of the most famous angles is a friend of mine from South Haven, Mississippi, which is 12 miles away from me, who actually recorded that video. So for the Temple of the Mount, you see this celestial, this is not extraterrestrial, though it came from an extraterrestrial craft. But this thing is not a craft. This thing is alive. It is truly alive. So what do you see? So, what you see is this glowing orb of a conscious sentient being. So, with these celestial slash extraterrestrial, there is a symbiotic relationship. Many of these, quote, extraterrestrial craft are being moved about by this conscious sentient life force. So, these craft can definitely harness an appearance as they are. In other words... If you build a car, if you have a car, it looks like you your Toyota. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> but if you remove yourself from the fact that you're driving a Toyota, you simply begin to see yourself as driving a vehicle or a conveyance, and that in and of itself Helps you to elevate yourself beyond looking at the Toyota. It helps you look at the Yoda. <laughs> you, you begin to see another language entirely. Well, Keith, it sounds like semantics. Good. I got you some, I got your attention using semantics. But in such a way, it can look exactly like what you see, but simply the question becomes. Are we seeing correctly, or is it simply appearing as something that validates me?
0: We uh, are quickly running out of time here, Keith. It's amazing how uh, fast the show goes when the conversation is interesting, and it sure is tonight. Um, I want to make sure we hit a couple more points that I think are important. First of all, um, these experiences have led to you writing a book called Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. That book is not out yet, correct?
1: That is correct. It's going to be coming out July 31st, 2020, and as of right now, I, I'm such a blessed man, and I want to share it with you and your audience, because not because this is a <laughs> Keith moment, because it is about Keith moment, and I want to share this Keith moment with the we moment, that when you live in such diligence, passion, sincerity, vulnerability, and humility, this divine door begins to open, and this is my first publication with worldwide distribution and publishing, and right now in the entire directory of Amazon, in the genre of ancient controversial knowledge, Homecoming Crossing the Bridge is number 13. This is a powerful window for me to do that which I love, and what I love is empowering people so that they never need anything and or anyone other ever again. So this is actually coming out very soon.
0: And you have um, other books, which I've mentioned. Uh, are they about the same experience, the divine principle for the love of God, or are they something different?
1: The Divine Principle is my bestseller about my conversation with God that happened in 1996, okay. coupled, with about, coupled with my book about a divine holy man from India, Bhagavan Sri Sathya Sai Baba, that came to me in a dream and said, come to India. And I said, I've never done such a thing. How will I do that? He said, Keith, stop the bullshit. I got it covered. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from a lady I've never met. Hi, Keith. My name is Debbie Jabour. Hi, Debbie. I heard you want to go to India to see a holy man. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, Keith, I'm a flight attendant. I got some companion passes that are about to expire. Please take a first class round trip ticket to go see your holy man. So I recorded that entire experience. So Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul, is my bestseller And this second book, For the Love of God, a Spiritual Journey, married, because it shows the unfoldment process of what happened to me and how it went along now to the 30-year process of homecoming, crossing the bridge to the soul. As I find myself as a spiritual aspirant, walking truly, JV, into the garden of all that is most beautiful beyond measure, most people don't understand. We we understand beautiful. In fact, when we see something beautiful, we didn't know it was beautiful until we say, oh, my God, that's beautiful. Well, there's something actually beautiful beyond all that. It comes in those little increments, those little snippets that says, oh, my God, that's beautiful. But when we fall into the conscious moving life stream, we get to dwell in that place which is infinitely beautiful. This is what that book is about.
0: We have um, just a couple of minutes left, and you've, you've, I think, kind of answered this question throughout all of your answers tonight. But if you had to boil it down, your relationship with Nucleus 8 and these extraterrestrials and celestials, you've been basically taught things, you've been given messages to relay to the rest of humanity. So what would you say, in a nutshell, uh, is the message for humanity?
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Not only share with the audience, but actually share for me. It, it's really about me. It's only about me. It's only about you. What else is there? You know, even in our selflessness, you are a selfish creature. Like it or not, you are a selfish creature. Because even in your selflessness, we are all doing it for reward of self-gratification. And so thank you for offering me this platform to fall inside. As you asked earlier, what is yanava I'm going to fall into my ya, my God, my realization, my fire, my passion, and use my clear mind, which is my na, and use my backbone as my va to stand up for something. As I fall inside, I'm going to go into not channel mode. That word is the right word, but it's been soiled. So I'm going to fall into vessel mode or my love for God mode. Blessings, everyone who is here on this night and even in what you would call the future. Are you willing to suture up that wound of yours? Hmm. That is a very simple question. Powerfully and delicious, it belongs to you. Now what are you going to do? As you look out and about, without a doubt, you see a lot of redonculousness, as Keith would say, what a fun, juicy, powerful word that is, Redonculousness, That which makes you an ass as you become the donkey, listening to all the knuckle-headed nonsense that causes you nothing but trouble. On the double, it shows up for you. Do you want something greater? Do you want something better? But do you dare? Hmm. That question takes you into the garden of forever. You can no longer paint yourself out of the corner unless you answer the question correctly. Unless you play the game fairly. How do I play the game fairly, you may ask? Powerful question. And you deserve an answer. There is no answer. You are the answer to the question. And within you lies something without question. Do you understand? Of course you understand. Stand under that. Be that. Live that. Exemplify that to others. Stop fighting. Fighting goes nowhere. It goes greater into fighting. All you are doing when you do such thing is bickering. You may blame the outside, you may curse the outside, but what you are doing is cursing your true power. In this hour, grab within you the power that wants to shower you with such grace in this place, in this space. You are loved beyond measure. You are a treasure and a pleasure to all of creation. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. Yanava, It is complete.
0: Keith, where can people get the books? Where can people uh, go to monitor more of your work, get more information about the other services that you offer? I assume it's the website. And if it is, give it out.
1: Thank you, my friend. You can find me at keithanthonyblanchard.com, centeroflightradio.com, same website, youtube.com slash centeroflightradio, facebook.com slash centeroflightradio, /centeroflightradio, facebook.com slash Keith Anthony Blanchard, I do these off-the-cuff presentations. Someone was suggesting to me, Keith, can you talk about, and they'll give me a a three- or four-word title, and i just fall into vessel mode. This is how you find me. To find my new release, go to Amazon.com and look up Keith Anthony Blanchard, Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul.
0: Keith, thanks for being here tonight and delivering such an, um, an important message. I appreciate your time and your good work.
1: Blessings, my brother. I appreciate you, and it's finally good to see you
0: at slickeddyedwards at gmail.com.